This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. This is, of course, our weekly philosophical roundtable. Political, yes, but not always. Uh, always interesting, always informative, and we hope provoking, thought-provoking. Uh, Bob Metz joins us, as he often does. Robert, nice to have you with us. Morning, Jim. And we have a new guest today who uh, we hope will return to see us again. Sandy White is the new uh, council member for Ward 5 and is a long-term social activist in the city here, and uh, we welcome you to the program. Nice to have you here. It's nice to be here. Uh, folks, we want today, I want to take a look at an issue, and this is not going to be one of those heavily political days. Where This is more a philosophical day. In Great Britain, the Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority has said that they are going to extend a temporary decision they had made to restrict people's right to choose the sex of their child during in vitro fertilization. So if you go in to, to, to have in vitro fertilization done, the technology exists to impregnate the mother with a male or a female. The technology exists, but the, the uh, authority has said, no, we are not going to allow people to do that. They did some surveys and so on, and apparently, according to the survey, 80% of the people in Great Britain were against this selection. They didn't think you should be able to do that. They are also saying, the authority is saying, that doctors are welcoming this decision, that doctors don't like it either. The people on the other side, though, who are saying, what difference does it really make? The technology is there. Um, if somebody wants a son or a daughter, I mean, who knows what the reasons are. Maybe, they, maybe they've got three daughters and would like a son, or three sons and would like a daughter, or maybe they just would like a son or a daughter. Is it really anybody's business? And particularly, why would it be the government's business or the health authorities? business. Why should they have any say in this at all? So I want to ask my guests this morning for their thoughts on this, and I guess, you know, from in, in the broadest sort of sense here initially, uh, do you think, and Robert, I'll start with you, do you think that this human fertilization authority or backed up by the authority of the British government, should they have any right to interfere in this decision? Absolutely not. Authority in a free society is garnered from the consent of those who are governed. Uh, I, I personally do not have a right to stop you and Carlin from having a child, from, from inseminating any way you want, from choosing the sex of your child, from de deciding what education your child is going to have. Where, where do I get that right from? You know, uh, I think this is just outrageous. I understand the fear involved, but I think it's out of place because when we think of states enacting, well, uh, actually, this, these are people in favor of a state enacting a law regarding reproduction. Uh, the only ones I know that have done that are countries like China, mm -hmm. where they abort after birth. Yes. And based on sex selection. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, this is not a situation like that at all. This is right at the moment of conception they can choose the sex of the child. This doesn't even involve the previous method that we were talk where people were talking about aborting a child mm -hmm. until you get the yes. sex you want. Yeah. So that's not what's at question here either. So I can't, for the life of me, something called a human... What did you say? Fertilization? Human Fertilization and Embryology Authority. Authority? Outrageous. Outrageous. It sounds so Orwellian. It sounds like it's out of the depths of 1984. And yet the, uh, the chairman, a woman by the name of Susie Leather, said, and I'm quoting, there's a huge public consensus against allowing parents to select a child's sex. Well, you know, 
When it comes to sexual issues, there is a huge consensus where people really want to interfere with the lives of others. It's just amazing. Um, Sandy, what about you? You look at this, look at an issue like this. Do you do, do you think that there's a role for government to play in these kinds of decisions? Well, I seem to agree with Bob. I think that people, you know, we've come this far that we've put uh, medical standards this high, and then suddenly we're going to say, okay, this is where we're drawing the line. I think from that point of view, we need to allow people to do this. But I think there's another side to it. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, as a person that works in social work and works with families and children, I. I see the impact of, of psychologically on children sometimes when they're not wanted and that is maybe because they're a male or they're female mm -hmm. so there's a whole other issue here that I think we really need to look at if we have if, if we look at uh, and, and w one of the one of the reasons that this authority mm -hmm. uses to justify this and the British government used to justify it is that they are concerned that it may be in contravention of anti-discrimination statutes <laughs> because they're discriminating. Oh. A person is discriminating here. They're saying, I do not want a male child. I want a female child. And they have invoked some of the... Uh, now, their, their legislation is a little bit less specific than ours is here in Canada. But the, the, the supporters of this have invoked that and said, that's why we don't think people should have this choice because we don't support discrimination. Either of you see this as... Is, is there any element of discrimination here? Well, all choices are discrimination. Every single choice you make in life is, is discrimination. So, uh, you know, it used to be a thing of, of upper class to be a discriminating person. Now you're considered uh, some low class thing if you make choices and you decide to take control of your life, which is what we're trying to teach kids in the school, aren't we? Take responsibility for your life, make your own choices, uh, control, control the things that affect you from as early as you can. But for some reason, people want to throw the dice here. What's that all about? Enforcing other people to throw the dice. Uh, if you don't believe in this, that's fine. I would never interfere with your right not to use this technology. I had a, but, in, you know, in our editorial meeting this morning, and we have an editorial meeting, Sandy, that e every morning with the with my staff, and uh, there were four of us in it today, um, three young women and myself, and two of them were making the point that you know, really, to make this kind of decision is a decision that should be left to God. This shouldn't be a human decision. That it's going to be a boy or it's going to be a girl, and we shouldn't interfere at that level. Is there any kind of a religious sense with either of you that, that, that would get involved in a decision like this? I guess that's one point of view, but again, I go back to the thoughts that perhaps it is discriminatory, but again, then there's the reverse side of it, and the impact it has on the child. I think that I would want to know that I was wanted by my parents, and if it gets down to they wanted a boy, then maybe it has some cost-benefit to the person who has to live with that decision. When they talk about it, too, one of the other points they've made is that thus far they are still free to leave the British Isles to have this procedure done, and they can go to Spain, they can go to France, or a number of places, and, and, and where during this recent ban they've had, that's where they've been going. One of the fellows who's... Uh, um, he and his wife have been trying to have a girl uh, said the only this does not stop people from having the procedure done make no mistake all it does is make it more expensive well if it's going to make it more expensive and 80 percent of the people uh, uh, don't want this happening and the doctors support it I would suggest Bob that the next step is going to be they're going to tell them you can't leave the country and have it done well sure if they want to enforce it that way um, you know, you can be as totalitarian as you want. You know, I, Britain is considered one of the civilized nations of the world, and you know they still have little cars that go around and detect people who own TV sets, who are picking up open-air broadcast signals without paying the BBC a tax. I mean, that sounds like something out of 
1930s Europe, and they're still doing this, and they call themselves, you know, they got BBC One, BBC Two, and, and yet, I guess for them, controlling this level of humanity is perfectly normal. I don't know. It, it just yeah, but we do the same thing here, uh, except we don't have the cars go around. They just add it to our tax bill. We pay X number, X amount of taxes every year to run the CBC. Well, well that's, but it doesn't justify. That's what I'm saying. Um, you know. You talk about this argument about leaving it to God. You know, to me, that is the ultimate in evasion of responsibility. And, uh, you know, I might be opening a whole kettle of fish here, but a lot of people that I hear, quote, practicing religion are evading responsibility and using religion as a shield. For example? Well, like, if you if you have a choice between doing X and Y and you don't want to make a choice at all, you're going to leave it to, to whatever happens, you're just evading your own responsibility in it because you don't want to be held uh, responsible for whatever consequence resu result if you make that choice. At least if something bad happens to people and they didn't make the, the choice themselves, they don't feel as bad about it after it uh, after it happens right so that's part of that evasion of responsibility and uh, I can understand it you know everybody wants to avoid pain and seek pleasure but that's one of the things that I see hidden in that whole leaving it up to God argument that's nonsense uh, morality comes from two things knowledge and choice and until you have those two things you can't have knowledge or, or, or an environment of morality um, so, you know, once you know that something's wrong or has detrimental effects, until you don't know, I mean, when people smoked, smoked their heads off crazily thinking it was good for them, they weren't really being immoral personally, like hurting themselves in that sense, you know. But once you know something and you persist in doing it bad, then you've got to be willing either to pay the price or realize that you're doing it, but you shouldn't be going around stopping other people from doing well, it. Well, I'm glad that. you raised that because I was going to raise that issue too, and I want to ask the two of you about uh, Mr. McGinty's uh, announced uh, uh, um, campaign against smokers to uh, eliminate smoking in this province that... Uh, Prices going up, uh, restrictions going up. We expect that penalties for sales to minors will be going up, uh, restricting even more the places that that people can smoke. Sandy, is this a is this a positive way to approach this problem? Do you think? Yeah, by raising the cost of cigarettes, yeah. it's not going to work. People are addicted. They're addicted. They're going to still find a way to spend the money. I I think it's a red herring myself. But why do you think he's doing it? Because they're addicted. They're, they're going to keep smoking. Yeah, but <laughs> Whereas other people might evade the tax or use a but aren't, somewhere aren't, else. There's, aren't a, there's we, a more uh, of a you know, harder demand line for cigarettes. Aren't we just going to see more smuggled cigarettes, though? I mean, oh, that's absolutely. what happened the last yes, time. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, maybe it's somebody's way of thinking that it's going to be effective, but we know that it doesn't work. What else could he do? Or should he do anything? Are we, have we got to the point where we're maybe interfering a little too much in people's lives in this area? Well, I think you're kidding yourself when you think that, when you're saying that he's doing this, you know, to, to make the smoking situation better or to save the health care system. He's doing it for one reason, one reason only, to get to get more money. Yeah, see, I don't believe Period. that. No, oh, I don't well, believe that. I, 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 Jim, I, then you're more naive. <laughs> well, no, I, <laughs> I don't know. That's just outrageously naive. I'm I, still, I'm still uh, prepared. I'm still prepared to to assign some good motives to Mr. McGinty until he until he proves otherwise well, to me. He's disillusioned me to a certain extent, but I'm... If he I, had good motives and wanted to stop people from smoking, he'd make cigarettes illegal today. Done. Yeah, but doesn't that go exactly against the kind of things that you... You don't like it when government does that. Well, I'm not supporting that action. I'm telling you that if he was sincere about stopping people from smoking, which I would not do, I'm, you can put whatever poison in your body you want. I don't have the right to go to you and tell you what you can do with your body. And the reason I don't have that right is because I don't want you to have the right to be able to tell me what to do. 
That's what freedom is all about. Yeah, but one of we're in, we're set in a society where we don't have that kind of freedom, where we are restricted, and where well, we're that's all, why we have debates like this. Every debate in politics is about freedom. Who gets to make the choice? You or some politician? That's the only two choices you got. Well, we I'd like to see Mr. McGinty put the money into education, mm -hmm. a higher standard of education. I know that in particular, young females are targeted at this time yeah. around cigarettes, and I'd like to see more action in that way. If he's going to raise the bar on on the cost of cigarettes, reinvest it into the community in terms of education. Yeah, that's another th another thing that's been said that that it doesn't look as though they're going to dedicate this this increase. It's just going to go into general revenues. And people have said maybe it's time for us to stop doing that and start using dedicated funds, even if they only exist on paper. But at least we see that here's this money and it's going. And there's been talk about doing that at city council too. People have been concerned about. All the money going into general revenues, the slot machine money, for example. Some people have right. said that should well, be set up. Well, who's saying for all those quit smoking ads on TV that just irk me to death? I just can't stand those things. And I don't smoke. Cigarette companies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the ones that say don't smoke and uh, don't yes. smoke? Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't think they're the It's sponsor. still advertising. <laughs> yes. It's still advertising. Oh, yes. If you look into marketing and the strategies, you'll see that there is a double standard there. Yeah. I, I, well, this I, says government of Canada at the end of the ad, so I don't think that's the. Well, where's the money? Where's the money coming from? From the taxpayer. They're still getting advertising. They're though. getting yes. Because the guy, you, you got to ask they yourself. They didn't name a brand no, no, name. No, no, but how many guys? They have a guy guys, named Bob on there who says, "I'm trying to quit smoking." Yeah, but right? how many guys who see those hard. ads? How many guys who see those ads? are going to be discouraged from smoking because how many hardcore smokers are going to see that i don't think any of them because they already know yeah. everything they see sure. so what's happening they're being reminded gee it's time for a smoke yeah that's, you're exactly so they right. are worth that oh i see what you're saying huh? reverse psychology it's reverse. okay I, I think sandy's I'll right buy that I, argument. I, I think that's where a lot of that <laughs> money's got to be coming from i remember taking this in high school and they showed us the strategy of how the people, the tobacco companies invest in education, health education, and, and ads around stop smoking. And yet they're still getting, as Jim says, some free advertisement out of this, yeah. or some sort of advertisement. Because we haven't figured out a way yet. Well, it's true. Even if you're telling someone who's trying to lose weight or something, and they say they have a real thing for M&Ms or something, they just hear that word, whether yeah. in a positive or negative context, yeah. bang, they feel like having one, right? Yeah. And that's perfectly understandable. Well, we haven't figured out a way yet to, to, to really reach people on the health issue, on whatever it is, whether it's, whether it's obesity, whether it's smoking, whether it's drinking, anything where there's compulsive behavior behavior we have not yet the advertising industry has not yet figured out how to trigger those people we can we can put the images in front of them we can confront them with the realities of other people in their situation but the advertising guys and they're pretty smart guys well no have based not on yet, what you're just saying they're not subliminal changing mm -hmm. them they want to they want to appeal to that very addiction to no, but sell their product there's Isn't money that what we just said? no there's <laughs> money to be made in stopping people smoking too but we don't know how to do that with an with an ad you don't know how we don't know how to make people stop with an ad cuz the guy who sees that poor old fellow that my son died and you know I've got cancer my son died it was terrible to bury my son do you know who goes God, that's awful. The non-smokers. They're know, the guys who right. see that ad and go, oh, that's terrible. And I don't the smokers are reaching for a cigarette because the ad just upset them. I don't think this is a phenomenon just related to smoking, drugs, and overweight or bad habit. I think it relates to everything. If you're trying to persuade someone to change a particular belief, it doesn't matter whether it's religious or UFOs or politics or whatever. It doesn't happen at, in an instant. I've been observing politics, for example, trying watching people over the years as they changed their belief from, like, for example, myself. I've been all over the map politically. Um, right now, I would sort of describe myself as uh, uh, socially liberal and, and fiscally conservative. Mm -hmm. But um, 
you know, the, the idea of trying to influence people to change their mind, that the exposure helps to certain ideas that they're exposed to certain ideas, but that's not that's not the catalyst that does it. That's you no, know, exactly it's right. usually some experience in their personal life, a decision they make. Um, but I if we could my mother smoked for years but when but she quit could smoking, out, she just did a cold turkey, did it, done, never. If we could again. figure out how to do that, if we could figure out how to simulate or to or to motivate that personal experience we could really change people's behavior patterns. For the better, in some cases, maybe for the worse, too. We have to pause for a second, though. We'll be back. Sandy and Bob with us today, and uh, Dan's on the line. Hi, Dan. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Um, good discussion around um, the cigarette issue, mm -hmm. and I guess, and, and Mr. McGinty. Um, I, but but the, the question keeps going back and forth is, why don't they ban, you know, why don't they make cigarettes illegal? I mean, the bottom line, they're not going to do this, is for, for one reason. It's called $800 million in taxes. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the bottom line is that the government, and I don't really buy the argument that Mr. McGinty is really concerned about the health and welfare of everybody in the world, and that's how it's all cloaked. The bottom line is, is that if he really was that concerned, they would be making some real stringent uh, efforts to, to uh, make it illegal. But the bottom line is that we're not going to make it illegal, and the reason we're not is because it's $800 million in taxes. All right, thank you for the call, sir. And we have uh, Dave with us. Hi, Dave. Hi, Jim. I was just about to go for a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the in vitro fertilization and the smoking issue. Yes. Okay, let's start with the in vitro fertilization. Yep. In Canada, all right, we have not made an improvement in health care that affects the general population since we instituted it. We have not added, for instance, dental care for children. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, which was the next natural step. Instead, we're playing uh, silly games with in vitro fertilization. Now, I once heard a figure of $20 million a year mm -hmm. for in vitro fertilization. Uh, give me $20 million. I walk off the face of the earth, you'll never see me again. Uh, the, it's not the amount of money so much as it's the idea that we're getting off on these little gambits that we shouldn't be getting off on. OHIP's there to protect the general health of the general population. The next natural step was children's teeth. Well, you see, to my mind, uh, uh, Dave, I wasn't even thinking in terms of uh, the government paying for this, not for one instant. Maybe that's why the people in England are opposed to it, or, or in Great Britain, no, because, because they're, they're going to be forced to pay for it. No, they're, still getting, no, they're still getting they're still getting the in vitro. It's just the thing. The only thing they can't do is select the sex, which is a minimal extra cost oh to do that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> that's right, and it's covered under national health. Yeah, yeah. And you pay for it. The minute you pay for it, you've got some say. Yeah. Appreciate the call, David. Thank you. So we have to move along because we've got a bunch of people waiting, and we're running out of time. Jim's up next. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. How are you? Good, thank you. I listen to you every day, and you're usually pretty intelligent, but the line that you think they're raising the cost to make people quit cracked me right up. <laughs> if yep. you don't think they're just for revenue, then I, I agree with the uh, gentleman you have sitting to your left or right there. Well, I didn't say that that's not an element of it. What I said was I think that Dalton McGinty does genuinely care about this issue, and, and, uh, and I do believe that based on discussions I've had with him personally. However, however, there is absolutely no question that the money is a huge element here. Would we not be a third world country without the revenue generated from smoke? No. 
Come on. No, not a third. I don't have the figures, but give me a break. If we didn't have that revenue, we'd have to take it from somewhere. Well, we just upped the taxes on something else. <laughs> yeah, food. Maybe alcohol. I'm trying to quit smoking right now, and when, when tobacco prices go up, they put the price up of the patch. So if that's not revenue generated, I don't know what is. The patch no tobacco in the patch. The patch price goes up? Oh, yeah. Like really? it went from being $17 when they put it up last time, and it's like $29. No kidding. Oh, no, it's a joke. If they really wanted to quit, I wish they'd give me a hand or let me claim it on my uh, my drug plan or something. Yeah. You what? know, I just don't think they're serious about it because I'd love to quit, but I'd like some help. What about the argument that people say that, uh, you know, you don't need any help? If you want to quit, Jim, go quit. There's all kinds of ways to do it. Why should why should the government give you a hand? Why should I give you a hand? Why should Ryan give you a hand? Go and do it. If you want to quit, quit. The only people that say that are non-smokers. Well, or people who've quit already. Yeah. Holier than time. now, I suppose. I'll let you go, Jim. All right. Thanks for the call, Jim. Appreciate Bye. appreciate hearing from you. Uh, and uh, Emily's up. Hi, Emily. Hi, Jim. Um, I just wanted to say that this isn't my quote, but it really stuck to me. It's um, that religion and technology are only as good as the limits we put on them. And that's when I say the limits we put on them, I mean, the limits like me and you and everybody else. Mm -hmm. and, uh, not, and that goes for governments, too, I think. So the, if we're talking about this, this, this sex selection issue that's a technology and a religion element in there, do, do you think the Brit Brits are right to say, no, you can't do it? Uh, I, I think it's up to the individual to put the limits on, on these things. And, and the trouble is, <laughs> sometimes the government has to step in People don't care enough. All right. Thanks for your call, Emily. Uh, we will. What will we? We'll be back next week with the next edition wow. of Left, Right, and Center. We're out of time. However, traditionally, we always give a, a final word to our uh, two guests. And Bob, I'll uh, kick it to you. you. Got thirty seconds. What do you uh, want to say? Well, I'll just mention just to pick up on Emily's point at the end there that there are proper limits to put on things, and that's when you start hurting other people around you. That's why we have government. It's a social instrument to prevent you from harming your next door neighbor. Um, Unfortunately, the show's not long enough to get into everything about the, <laughs> the drug and smoking issue because I think we, we, we totally avoid issues like anxiety, depression, issues of pleasure, why people use cigarettes and mm -hmm. drugs and alcohol. And, and if you ignore that, you've lost the whole ball game as far as I'm concerned. Sandy, last word to you. Well, in terms of this, the tobacco, I'm just thinking of uh, Dalton McGinty and our conversation around that. We should encourage our government to reinvest in our communities and put some money into education. I think that that's what's going to work. I, I agree that there is an element of money there. There's a, there's too many variables to get into it, but really ask them like their issues of, of this tax increase. Let's have it put back into the community. Help people to stop smoking. Stop being punitive, and help them to feel safe around this and and uh, get healthy. Sandy, thank you for being with us today. It's been a nice uh, nice to have you as uh, part of our team. Hope you come back again. I will. And Robert, good to see you again. Thanks, see you next Jim. week. Yep.